now we're going to have a discussion about conservative politics. And we've talked about this on the show many times, right? The, the, the cycle that conservative politics goes through in our country and in our province where they unite and do well and win. You know, you can take a look at uh, Reform Party becoming the alliance, and then, hey, hey now they're government. Uh, you can take a look at what happened in our province with Jason Kenney coming in and uniting the right, and Wild Rose and conservatives became the UCP, and hey, they won. And then what happened? They start tearing themselves apart, right? And, and the warring factions within the conservative party become their own worst enemy. Now, it, it's played out time and time again, both provincially and federally. So, how do you end that cycle? Dave Simbaluk is an Alberta farmer and a blogger. He has a degree in psychology, and he has deep ties to conservative politics in Alberta. He was a member of the old PC party, um, a serving member of the Constituency Association in Stony Plain. So he's been up close, a front row seat to conservative politics in our province. And he joins us now. David, thanks for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Good morning, Shay. Now, when we take a look at this infighting and this unrest, and not only the UCP, but we're seeing the same thing happen now at the federal level. Uh, questions about Aaron O'Toole's leadership and what direction the party should take. In your opinion, this is inevitable, right? When you have the united conservative movements at any, you know, federal or provincial, the infighting is inevitable. Well, the infighting is inevitable in, in every party, but I think in, in this case, but certainly uh, in, in the case of, El, uh, of the Alberta UCP, uh, this was inevitable uh, from the way Jason Kenney put the, the two parties together. He united the two parties around the issue of, of beating the, the, the common enemy, the yes. NDP. And he didn't address the underlying uh, ideological divisions between the, that existed within the two parties. I had lots of friends in, in the Wild Rose Party, and we had we had uh, we shared many things in common, but we had vastly different ideas about how government should run. If you don't address that, when a crisis comes along like COVID, you're going to have uh, problems. The stress is going to bring out these fractures. Is that just because they're not all on the same page? And is it an anxiety? Is it uh, where does the, the 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 gas on the fire come from, David? Because as you say, those rifts are always there, and they always will be. Why do they flare up in times of stress such as COVID? Well, I mean, stress always brings out, uh, uh, always seems to find the fractures in this, uh, whether in your personal life or in groups. So stress yeah. is always going to show up at, at the fracture points. So like with, with COVID, it has really, uh, the, the provincial government's response has been, let's say, uh, there has been a lot of what I would call pandering to the libertarian elements within within the, the political coalition. And, you know, Jason Kenney's political or polling numbers now reflects the fact that he hasn't taken, he hasn't made a, a firm decision about where he stands on this ideological divide. At sometimes he's seemed to side with the the conservatives, the, the more con- traditional conservatives, and done what is necessary. But at other times he's kind of said, "Well, the, the libertarian element, you know, I don't want to alienate them." 
you can't some you can't play things both ways and you know sometimes you have to take a stand and particularly when uh things are when you're dealing with a, a crisis you have to be firm you have to take a firm position and if he'd chosen to side with the, the libertarians and do nothing well at least that's a a rigid or a, a ideologically sound position to take he hasn't done so no i think you're right i think he's he's continuously tried to find the the common ground the middle ground where he can please everybody and as you know the old saying in politics when you try and please everybody you end up pleasing nobody and i think we've seen that played out um Let's translate this to the federal level now, because they're facing the same kinds of issues uh, in the federal Conservative Party with, um, you know, the more moderates warring with uh, the more big C Conservatives in the party and feeling like they've been left behind. So the same thing's playing out at the federal level. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and again, I, I think uh, Aaron Notool has to be play a, 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 or take a, a firmer line and and be clear about where he stands, where he he expects uh, the party to stand behind him, and if that causes uh, some people to leave, so be it. The bottom line is leaders have to shape the parties in their own image. This this happens all the time. It's one of the reasons why I backed away from the PC party uh, long before the the. Wild Rose Party came. I just was not comfortable with Alison Redford, you know, and that's that's normal. Mm-hmm. Leaders leaders build their own teams, and you can't sit there and say, uh, or, or Aaron O'Toole can't sit there and play play uh, try and uh, placate the the people who fundamentally disagree with who he is as a leader and who want to take the party in a radically di- different direction. They want to go in a different direction. Let them go. Now, the risk, and you know this, David, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. No leader wants to do that because you don't want to tell a large portion of your support and your base to go away. We don't want you anymore. Your chances of being elected uh, drop dramatically. So it's, it's putting principle over electability. It's not an easy choice to make. I, I well, I, I reject that, okay. that assessment. I think that's one of the reasons why so many people are frustrated with politicians. They instead of taking a firm stand, this is where I where I stand. Support me and living with it. They try and please everyone and end up pleasing no one. Right. You know, and and that's. Uh, the most successful leaders don't don't try and placate people. They take a firm stand and they they uh, they they challenge people to follow them. And a lot of people, a lot who are are, un, are dissatisfied with presented when presented with that choice, they will choose to get in line because they'd rather be part of the part of the victory train than sniping from the sidelines. So your advice to both Premier Kenny and Aaron O'Toole would be to stop trying to walk that middle line and say, this is what I believe in, this is what our party is going to do, and you can like it or you can lump it. Yeah, stand on, st- 
establish your principles and stand by them. Because that's most most voters don't pay that close attention. True. Very but true. They, so they want to see a politician or, or a leader who, or, and maybe that's the, how they distinguish between a politician and a leader, is do they have clear, consistent, uh, clear principles that they stand by consistently? They can respect that even if they don't agree with it. And there's, over the years, there's, we've had leaders like Ralph Klein, and I didn't particularly agree with a lot of his stuff, but I respected him because he was reasonably consistent about communicating where he stood and and sticking with it. Do those leaders, um, are they more focused on the electorate than they are the party? It seems to me a lot of the problems tripping up Kenny and O'Toole is trying to deal with party politics rather than general election politics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. And I, but, it, and, and I, I can, particularly in Jason Kenney's uh, situation, when you are the premier or the prime minister within the Westminster uh, parliamentary uh, democracy system, uh, you, the, the leader is, they govern at the consent of their caucus. Mm-hmm. This is what happened with Alison Redford. Yes. She lost her caucus. She was removed. You know, the, the members of the House are not, they owe no loyalty to, to the, the leader. Their loyalty is to the people who elected them. If they think that the leader is going to get them unelected, they have the right to remove that leader, which is what happened to Alison Redford. Uh, not that it helped the party a lot, but so Jason Kenney is facing that same situation. I understand his predicament. He's got a certain number of Republican wannabes in his caucus. He can't completely alienate them. He can't have them yes. uh, tell the, the, the Speaker we're no longer part of, of the UCP. At the same time, he's not... Uh, He's he's not taking a, a firm principled position, no. and I think that's 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 where he's running into problems, and that's where he's with more with the public than with his caucus. Yeah, the yeah, I, I think I think you're right, David, because then he's he's opening himself up to attack from from both sides because he's not making yeah. either side happy. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we're out of time. Great discussion. Uh, we'll chat again. Thanks very much, David. Okay, thank you, Shane. You bet. That is David Simbaluk, who's an Alberta farmer and blogger and a long history with the Conservative Party in this province.